back to another episode of Title Talk. I am here with my man, Outdoors LB. What's going on, LB? Mr. Brady, NFL, seven rings. How are you today? Good, sir. I'm sorry if you can hear the... I decided to come outside. Sometimes it soothes my brain if I just kind of walk around. You could probably hear, like, the water flowing in the background. A fox jumped into that water, though. Remember last podcast? I did. It was epic. It was one of the many Patriots highlights this offseason. <laughs> I, I actually did not a video wait. on it. got 100 likes. Which video? I posted a video of that fox. He got 100 likes. People really appreciated his his athletic achievements. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's the thing about Patriots fans. So they, they, we have, I don't know if you're aware, we do have cap space this year. The Patriots have cap space, Bryson. I actually said earlier that at Pat's cap, well, it has probably had like 50,000 more followers this season. This is because of all the cap space talk throughout the year because Patriots fans love cap space lb they love cap space uh, i don't know about you but teams win off seasons uh they win super bowls in the off season i know that's something patriots fans have always said and live by i really hate to poke fun of them but they did they did say this you know they made fun of teams like the jags for spinning and then you know when i suggest that the patriots perhaps give money to a player that's good they're like nope that's too much no cap space can't do that. Even now that we have cap space, now that the Patriots have cap space, I know that um, I've floated Brandon Cooks out there. He's not a free agent or anything. He's under contract. But you know what? He keeps saying good things about the Patriots, and all of a sudden I love Brandon Cooks. <laughs> you know, like, hey, trade for that guy. Or you posted Michael Thomas today, or somebody posted uh, Odell Beckham Jr. Somebody, I saw a mention of Jamison Crowder getting released because he's owed so much money by the Jets. And uh, a Patriots fan said he's too injury prone or with OBG, they OBJ, they say he makes too much money or with Michael Thomas. He's just a slant boy. Yeah. Over the last six years, Michael Thomas has 6,000 yards over 500 catches. What do the Patriots wide receivers have in the last like two seasons? Do they have a hundred catches? Nikhil Harry and Jacoby Myers. Ah, oh, man. I don't know if, that's what Michael Thomas says Jeez. every year. It's like Combined, I don't catches. know. Michael Thomas it's... has 150 catches every year. But we don't want that guy? I don't no, understand. No, of course not. No. Now, what, like quarterbacks what you, come up. Russell Wilson, really Dak Prescott. You have to trade for Randy Moss every year. I mean, he's a super cheap all-time player. So you have to do Maybe, <laughs> yeah, maybe uh, Tyreek Hill will be become available if like, he has some crazy incident and that'll be our guy. I mean, I don't get it. I don't it get wouldn't it, be the man. first I just time don't... that title talk released a story that that decreased someone's trade value. So we could always we could always make something up about Tyreek and he just gets Listen, cut from uh, the Chiefs. We got Antonio Brown to the Patriots. We got Antonio Brown to Tom Brady. So really, we got Antonio Brown a Super Bowl ring. And we also got Josh Gordon uh, reinstated. Don't forget that we wanted Stephon Diggs so badly last year off season. So many times we wanted Diggs. You remember how many but, picks he went for, LB? Uh, I'm going to say... How many first? How many first? 
One first round be at pick, least three, right? Oh, one. And Tom Brady, the very next day, released his message that he was out of here. He was leaving. How did DeAndre Hopkins? DeAndre Hopkins, what did he go for? Didn't he go for like David Johnson in a second? You are correct. What's wow? Like, what I love we, this. I don't understand. Like, what is the the thing where like you don't want to? So the Patriots have all this cap space now, and that's great. But like, nobody wants to even spend it on anybody. They just like oh, having a little later. Space. Cap space ends a little later. We'll talk about like maybe some realistic players they can have back. They, not we. It's usually we, but today it is they because when the, when the Patriots mess up, it's a they, and when they do something good, it's we. So they, the Patriots. <laughs> LB, I, I need Michael Thomas on this team. You know, it's it's kind of stinks because the Saints don't actually get cap space from getting rid of Michael Thomas. Your only hope they actually lose cap space, and your only hope is that Michael Thomas is just so hated by Sean Payton that he just decides to trade him, and then it's like, wow, you're. You're set up for a couple years with an awesome wide receiver, and you, all you had to do is straight away like first or two firsts or a first and something. I don't know. Make, give Michael Thomas a dig straight for all I care. I'm totally fine with it, man. I, I don't know why you wouldn't want really good football players in your team. People can joke about him, but this guy was the 2019 Offensive Player of the Year. He had injuries this year, and he was still you know, good when he played and everything, and Drew Brees isn't exactly – didn't exactly have a can in these past few years. I think that we all saw the decline in Breeze, and this guy just kept on producing. So, yeah, you can call him Slant Boy, but I love guys that run slants. <laughs> Do you remember when Josh Gordon used to run a slant, man, and, like, he, what's the word I'm looking for where I can be appropriate? It's just, you know, your, your pants zoom get tight. Zoom fast, zoom Josh Gordon. And, and we love Josh for it, and I'm all for it, man. I like first downs. I like first downs that eventually lead to points on the board. I am fine with trading for any of these big name wide receivers, no matter how much they cost. Because again, teams with cap space usually stink. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I kind of, kind of usually agree with that. Ob, something you actually mentioned. You talk about Michael Thomas getting to that fight with a teammate. Remember who else got into a fight with a teammate at practice, and then all of a sudden the next year they were like an all-pro player. Stephon Gilmore. Uh, yep, Stephon Gilmore was literally on top of Julian. <laughs> Wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, no, that's correct. Yeah. Or was that, that Edelman is absolutely on top correct. of Gilmore? I thought it was Gilmore on top of Edelman. I think you are correct. But there was certainly an altercation there. And yeah. was that 2017 uh, season or 2018? I think it was a 2017 offseason. And then if, if you don't remember, I mean, we talk about getting punching people. I mean, Brandon Brown or Punch Revis wanted to, like, change the season. And they won a it Super did. Bowl. So give me more Michael Thomas on my team. We all remember that the team said Revis was late and they sent him home and he was playing very subpar at that point. They had just gotten blown out by the Chiefs. Revis has this thing where the team says he was late. Now you have to wonder if that was actually the Browner fight and he gets sent home. He comes back, plays the best football um, of his Patriots career, albeit one season, but he, but he really turned it on, went on a great run, started shutting, down, shutting guys down. So, I mean, I'm okay with it. Listen, Bill Belichick, some people might not know this, but when he was in Cleveland, there was a player, I forget, his name escapes me at the moment, but he used to actually pay him to start fights at practice. You should look it up, Cleveland. I think it might have been talked about a little bit in Cleveland 96, the documentary that Cleveland 95, it might have been um, the documentary that they did on NFL Network. But 
it might not have been, but the, this player has talked about it and said that he was on like the practice squad and Bill would pay him to start fights at practice just to get the team going. So I don't think he hates it. See, you know, it might just be a match. You got all this cap space and cap space is actually, it's a wild concept because it's actually mostly used so you can pay players that are good. It's, it's wild. The Colts have had cap space for like, the last like two or three years and they're a really good football team, but look at their roster compared to ours. They have a lot of good football players and players don't just line up to play in Indy despite all the cap space they have. Cap space is not just equal. You getting a bunch of good players. It just doesn't. Yeah. You have to do great things with the cap space, which is what we pray to the Isaiah win gods to happen to the Patriots this offseason, LB. There's some other players. Um, I think Russell Wilson and the, the Seahawks kind of said he's not getting traded. I have actually have a fake trade, and before we get into the realistic stuff, is there another quarterback we can talk about Patriots maybe trade for? you interested in Derek uh, Carr? Yeah, you know, people have mentioned Derek Carr. I like that idea because, look, I just don't want to see another year of Cam Newton so, yeah, if you're telling me they'd go after Derek Carr, absolutely. You compare the numbers. He's been a really good quarterback throughout his NFL career. He was really good last year. He's definitely has had some weapons around him, better weapons in, with the Raiders than he had than he'd have here at the moment, you know, assuming that they don't make some moves here before that all. But now they're saying that they want to get the quarterback first, right? They're saying they want to get the quarterback first and then go for weapons. That's the new report. But, yeah, I would love the idea of a Derek Carr. That would be cool to me. I like Derek Carr. I'm not saying he's Tom Brady, obviously, but I think that he's a really good player. He's a, I, just, I can't do another year of Cam Newton, man. can't do it. You know, I think All Dak right. Prescott gets the franchise. But, the, my goodness, if, if, if Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson were realistic, oh, my goodness, sign me up in a heartbeat. I, uh, I think you're right about that, OB. If an elite quarterback becomes available, we just give them as many first-round picks as they want. I actually have a fake trade, and I actually did. I actually don't want this player. I didn't at the time, but then I then I created Carson Wentz theory, and I actually talked about it with you a little bit. Carson, all right, Carson Wentz is going to get traded from the Eagles. We assume the Bears. The Bears didn't want to give up their first-rounder for him. That trade isn't going to happen. Patriots, they love cap space. Right, LB? I mean, you can listeners tell me if you think this is a good trade or not. I'd be inclined to believe both sides, but I'm just floating Carson. I'm going to float Carson Wentz theory to you after this fake trade. How about Wentz for Gilmore? Save some cap space. We all love that. And a pick of some sort. So the Patriots get Wentz, and the Eagles take on a ton of his guaranteed money. So they're still liable for that cap space. So his cap really isn't too bad. I think it's like in the 20s. So it's really not too bad. And and then, LB, after you tell me if you think this is a good idea, I'll tell you about Carson Wentz theory. So I, it all starts and boils down to, do you think Carson Wentz can still be um, a really good NFL quarterback, right? I think that's really what it comes down to. If you believe that he can be, um, you and I talked, had a good talk about it beforehand where we said, must have been pretty awkward for this guy to walk into the stadium with a Nick Foles statue right there. And, That's the Carson you know, Wentz theory. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to blow up your spot there. It was, I didn't mean to, I'll, I'll let you talk well, about you that cre- more. You're, you created Carson Wentz theory. I mean, LB <laughs> hit the nail on the head. We both right now say that Wentz hasn't been very good. Not good at all, I would agree. And But he was actually pretty good before the whole Carson Wentz theory happened. So, 
Just think about it. LB said earlier, Tom Brady doesn't have a statue outside of Gillette Stadium. So Carson Wentz has an awesome season in 2017. Probably should have been MVP if it wasn't for the greatest quarterback that ever walked the face of this earth, Tom Brady, and ends up getting hurt at the end of the year. And then before the team commits to him and pays him, a backup quarterback went on a run and played in a historic Super Bowl won MVP, won a Super Bowl without Carson Wentz on the team. Uh, by all accounts, a couple of players wanted him to go with Foles. A bunch of other fans wanted Foles. It was, if you remember at the time, it was like a huge story, Foles or Wentz, and it was actually a big thing. And the Eagles went on with Wentz, but that Foles, that Foles thing where he won the Super Bowl and just made it just super weird for Carson Wentz. And then they built a statue after their backup quarterback who won a Super Bowl, and Carson Wentz has to go to work every single day and look at the stupid statue from a back, for a backup quarterback that won the Super Bowl, and then that you weren't there. You didn't help your team win. How awful that is, is that? Just... And then, so, what, all, by all accounts, after that season, you know, Frank Reich leaves, and that could be a notch in your belt if you think Carson Wentz theory is stupid, but Frank Wright leaves, and Carson Wentz just isn't good since the Super Bowl, and the Eagles aren't good at all. Since that, since that Super Bowl, and mostly it was because Carson Wentz has stunk, but he will show you flashes of really awesome stuff. But then he's he's been consistently just like his brain is messed up. And I, this is Carson Wentz theory. And you're if you're going to trade from him, you think that who to fix Carson Wentz's brain other than Bill Belichick LB, and that is Carson it's, Wentz theory, which you and I developed earlier. This is like it's funny because it's like it. This isn't like. You know, Ryan Tannehill showing up to Miami and there's a Dan Marino statue out there <laughs> because at least Dan Marino is like a legendary all-time great quarterback, right? And I'm not even – I think he has a statue. I'm not even positive. I'm just using that as an, exa- as an example. And then, like like you said, like you're showing up to work. <laughs> All right, guys, so let's get to work. And there's that Nick Foles statue that you're walking by as you're talking to your other players and – this is the guy who won you your Super Bowl ring. This is the guy who had that great run. And you got to walk by that statue every single day that you go into this organization. You got to see Nick Foles everywhere as like the hero. And you're kind of like, oh, yeah, he would have won MVP that year. But, you know, it's just really awkward. Hasn't been the same guy since. The weapons certainly haven't been the same. Zach Ertz was hurt this year, but also not productive when he was playing. Um, we do like that. I know that guy, Dallas Godier is pretty good. I might've said his name wrong. I get named wrong time to time. Uh, they don't have great wide receivers or anything like that. Neither do the Patriots, but like you said, the dead cap, the, the cap hit really isn't that crazy. People need to stop doing that thing where they go to spot track and they say, see, look, 29 million, the Patriots can't take on 29, 59 million in dead cap. It's like, no, 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 no. The Patriots don't take that on. That's what the Eagles take on. So people need to get that straight. The Patriots aren't taking on $59 million in cap from Carson Wentz. That's not how it works. Um, but look, Interesting. Sounds like a job for Pat's cap. <laughs> like you said, this must be like the greatest time ever for him. He's like crunching all the numbers. He's on the Pat's, the Pat's cap pewter, just, just breaking down numbers, just breaking down like 58 cents and $1. And just like, here we go, boys. I just created another dollar seventy-eight in, in cap from Chandler Jones from back in 2012. The Patriots are absolutely owning. I mean, I don't know. Cap is great, but that doesn't just automatically equal great players. 
That's never been how the Patriots did it. You and I discussed this before. How often did the Patriots have caps, cap, big, uh, big cap numbers when they won Super Bowls? How often did they usually have all that cap racing? Uh, not many. Yeah, like you and I remember them winning, you know, four, five, six Super Bowls where they would have, you know, two million dollars in cap space. So I don't know. And, and the rebuttal you to know, that is, well, that they're not paying a quarterback, and then my rebuttal to that is they don't have a quarterback. And that's a big problem. You want to win Super Bowls. You want to do things that, you know, I think everybody, all pay, all of us Patriots fans want to see Bill Belichick strike back, right? The, uh, the emperor strikes back. I guess this is the emperor strikes back season. I don't know. Bill Belichick had his, I'm sorry, Tom Brady has had his own revenge tours a few times. Can the emperor strike back? I don't know, man. He's got his, he, I think that, you know, Belichick wanted this though. So hopefully he's gonna, hopefully he has some plans. And, you know, I, I saw that Jed fish will, was replaced. So maybe that means, I don't know about you, man. I'm sorry to circle back around to this. I can't do another year. Cam Newton. I can't do another year. Just what's the point? You know, we want to see Bill Belichick strike back. Now we want, we just saw Brady kind of get his revenge and win his Super Bowl. So how about now Bill goes out and does his thing, gets his revenge, wins us Patriots fans, another Super Bowl. It, he's going to have to get creative. He's going to have to figure something out. Cause I also don't see players lining up to play here. Matthew freaking Stafford has played for the, most poverty organization in all of sports that forced Calvin Johnson, Barry Sanders retire early. And this guy was like, Nope, don't want to play for new England. That's like, not good. It sounds like a pretty rough time. LB. This is like the doom and gloom. It's almost like quarterbacks are hard to get, which like put to put a nail on my Carson Wentz theory or Carson Wentz theory. Like just imagine if you're like running some business and you have a, like a surgery, like you break your leg and you're out of you're out of work for like eight to ten weeks, and your crappiest employee runs your company and has record highs, and he gets like lucky and has all this good situation that you know about, and maybe the stocks are flowing some a good way for him because of the I don't know the market or something, but then you get back and you're doing as good a job as you ever trying to, and no one notices and cares because some this guy you're the shittiest employee just ran your company and did really <laughs> awesome at it. And you have to go to work every day. And anything you do after that is literally not going to be good enough. Hey, man, I don't know if you saw. Uh, <laughs> what's a doofus name? What's like a real doofus name? Uh, Jake. <laughs> Did you see Jake? Jake just Jake was doing amazing, man. What's up with you? You're doing, you know, Jake got all these record numbers and everything. And that's when you just say, hey, well, you know what? I hired Jake. Right. Don't you forget who put don't you forget who hired him. <laughs> that's basically that's kind of where we're at yeah <laughs> Tom Brady did all those great things yeah 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 but listen I was going to start him actually uh, before the 2001 season before Bledsoe even got hurt I was going to start him so I mean <laughs> don't forget that I was also going to sign all those great players and trade for all those great players over all those years I mean I didn't know it but I was gonna LB you're going to come to grips with these terms of the, the new Patriots quarterback and that is one of the teams Carson interested, Wentz. Marcus Mariota. And I will have to say that Marcus Mariota, upon first sounding or reading, you think, yeah, just another guy. He's another, 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 just another guy, just a quarterback. But as I'm thinking, remember back to that first podcast we did? That was the 2018 season. And Mariota had that super awesome game against the Patriots. It was just, it was, people talk about Corey Davis, Vernon Gilmore. It was all about, 
Marcus Marietta making dots and being super efficient running the ball. He's actually a good player. He's just kind of a weirdo. He's all by all accounts, Ryan Tannehill was loved more in the locker room. But Marcus Mariota definitely has some talent, and at his peak, he's I think he can be a much player than Cam was last year. So maybe roll the dice and trade for Marcus Mariota. Sounds like they're interested. So maybe Marcus Mariota and maybe get him a player. He's not that expensive. I think it's like it's got to be under ten million, or I think I, something like that. But get Mariota in here. Maybe he's a, hits his peak, bridge quarterback. He draft a guy. I don't know. I'm kind of here for it. I remember that game well. We talk about it all the time. That game, our first podcast was the next day. It was the end of the Patriots dynasty, of course. Um, the Patriots defense is bad. I remember you were kind of battling all that stuff as you defended the defense. And peeps, there were certain people that just didn't want to hear it. And wouldn't you know it? They won the Super Bowl 13-3. to The defense is, in fact, good. But that's a story for another day, right? Um, like you said, Corey Davis, by the way, free agent. He's a guy that I've always kind of liked. I liked him in college. Um, now, of course, Central Michigan, I believe it was. Uh, it'll, it'll always escape me at the moment that I need it. But I liked him in college. He had a great day that day. But like you said, that was less about those guys and more about just Marcus Mariota just throwing darts, throwing dimes just all over the field. And for whatever reason, he's one of those guys that at times looks fantastic. And he was great that day. He's got legs. Um, he used his legs ever since college. He's, he's got a really good set of legs. He's much faster than Cam. Um, I do believe he's an upgrade over Cam Newton without a doubt. Some might disagree. I don't really care. Cam stinks. So I would certainly not hate it. I mean, are, are we thinking that they trade for a guy and draft a QB? What's, what do you think is the plan at this moment? I actually don't really know. Mike Reese said that they would really like to have their guy in before the before free agency ends and begins so that that they can show other wide receivers and tight ends that they actually have a quarterback and he can sway them to their team. So it sounds like they're definitely going to sign or trade for someone. And then who knows if they like a guy, maybe they draft him. Yeah, that's probably got to be the plan right now. And you have to wonder, is Marcus Mariota that guy that you're going to draw free agents with? So are they thinking, you know, larger, maybe, I wish there was more rumors about Matt Ryan being traded or something. And everybody would say, I don't want him. He's old, you know, as if he's somehow declined and like quarterbacks don't play really good football until their forties. Now, um, you know, Patriots fans would probably hate that idea too, but I don't really care. Matt Ryan's really good at football. If you could get three, four, five years of Matt Ryan football, get him some weapons and have a good defense. And yeah, I think that you can, you know, contend at least, or, you know, be win 10, 11, 12 games a few times. And, maybe make it to an AFC championship game or, you know, but they need to figure that quarterback position out. Um, you could probably draw a line across Dak. It sounds like he's going to be franchised unless they franchise. He won't sign and he gets traded. I don't know. Um, Russell Wilson. Now they're saying they won't trade him. So who knows? Deshaun Watson is still a name that's out there. I, I don't, I haven't really heard much about Watson as of late. And I know that's your guy. I know that you're willing to kind of just trade whatever for him. Right. Um, is there any still likely possibility that it is Deshaun Watson? I think that dream is dead. What's the belief that he will stay in Houston, in your opinion? I think he's either going to stay or he has those select teams he would go to. And it's not the Patriots, it looks like. Or the yeah. Jets. A lot of these Patriot way guys, man. Thank you, Jack Easterby, for screwing over the Patriots again. 
I don't know. Did you ever report the Jack Easterby thing? I don't know if you've ever reported it on the timeline or title talk. I'll leave that up to you. But Jack Easterby, not a fan, somehow became one of Belichick's main guys. The Patriots were pissed when he ended up going there. Then they filed tampering charges against the Texans slash really it was Easterby um, in 2019 when they were going after Casario. They don't like him. Deshaun Watson doesn't like these Patriots guys. It doesn't seem he thinks Jack Easterby is basically the devil. And that devil came from the Patriots. So, I mean, I, I can't imagine he might be another Stafford guy where he says, look, I've done this Patriot way bullcrap, even if it wasn't actually the Patriot way. It was just Matt Patricia being, you know, a fraud or all these other guys that have been to Houston now, which is just there's tons of them, starting with Bill O'Brien. Um, now Casario goes there. It doesn't seem like he probably wants to work with Casario or Easterby. So. Yeah, I can't imagine he wants to now come to the real thing, which is the Patriots, especially if, you know, he prefers. It's it's really sad. Or it's really, really sad to think, like, he could say, I'll go to the Jets. I'm not going to the Patriots. Oh, my goodness. That would be sad. It would be a very, very, it's a very tough situation to say that Deshaun Watson, he says, I don't want to get to the Jets. I don't want to get to the Patriots. We don't love to see it. We really don't want LB. Actually, I've highlighted and underlined a bunch of stuff so that we can talk to our good friend that's coming on the podcast after this, Alex Barth, and we can talk about a bunch of other stuff and some free agents I have with Mr. Barth. And LB, I'm sure, has an outside cor- outdoors corner for us, and I definitely have a gym corner story, LB. Uh, as far as outdoors go, uh... <laughs> how's that fox it's, it's did, no... you, did you track his 40 time yet? I, I have been trying to track it. It seems as if he did run a good time. You got to remember, too, he did it through water. So I've now spotted that fox a few times. He's actually pretty cool, man. I don't know if you ever saw the video that I posted where I actually did see this fox. But, it, but you know, because of the, the water that runs behind my house and everything behind a bunch of different areas, you know, it brings a lot of different life to the area. Over the summer, of course, I had my snapping turtles, my fish, my catfish, um, I had a beaver that still actually shows up. Oh, I don't know if I've told you this. We've actually had a bunch of ducks come into the uh, bird feeders that I that I do out back. So I put the bird feeders, I looked it up, said to put, keep them close to a water if you can. It'll attract a lot more. So we got a beaver over there. Now we have ducks always showing up. And it's those cool Canadian ducks, those ones with the green heads. You know the ones I mean? They like look really cool. Um, yeah, have they not migrated south or what are they doing right now? <laughs> I think and I fear that like maybe we confused them because we kept a food source going because I had read that like you, you should keep supplying the food through the winter because a lot of birds are in all these different things like they just figure, hey, there's a, a food source right there. Maybe I can just stay. I, it's, animals are weird, but you would think they would have migrated south. But apparently I have idiot ducks, which is right. <laughs> Those are the stupid ducks. Those are my ducks. I have like the dumbest. Are they loud? Do they talk to you? No, they don't really make much noise. You know, you kind of go down there. I've tried to go down there to record them, but they take off pretty quickly. And it's like right on the edge. It's like right in my yard too. You can see them from all the different windows. It is cool, but um, you know, I, 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 of course, I think ducks are cool. I'll never forget. I saw like a muskrat in the water, the beaver. I've seen all the, you know, the deer, the recurring deer, and all that stuff was fun. And I know that you've had deer too. You were taking care of a deer for a while. If I'm not mistaken. Yep, there were there were some deer. We had some dirty, dirty crows trying to kill our baby deer. So I had to protect the deer. So we raised the deer and they're all Patriots fans. 
And uh, although one has now migrated to be a Bucks fan, so that was kind of sad. But, but two are still two remain Patriots fans. They're loyal, huh? In Bill, we trust those deer. The buck stops here. You gotta, I guess. Love, you gotta love it. You gotta love it. Even though they're bucks, they don't care. <laughs> those are some loyal, some loyal deer. This is stupid. We're idiots. <laughs> I just made a dad joke in 2021. Holy hell. Oh my goodness. You and I were talking earlier. We were like, I, you and I were joking earlier. You were like, I'm old enough to remember when the, the Patriots had 5 million in cap space and won the Super Bowl. And I was like, yeah, us old timers. Back when they were winning Super Bowls. Yeah, that was that Years was a ago. good days. That was a good days. So many news cycles ago. It feels like it wasn't that long ago, but then it feels like it was just like sometimes it feels like it feels like it was just yesterday, and other times it feels so long ago. You know. I miss Trent Brown, and I'm going to talk about that with Alex Barth. The possible Trent Brown return will be. I've got a Jim Corner story for you, and it's gonna it's gonna upset some haters. I'm really not trying to brag on myself, but. So, you know, I used to have that picture of me and uh, with the cutoff and it would show, it had a really good angle for me, you know, as we talk about it, just a good angle for me. And so I'm at the gym, uh, you know, and at my gym, the one back home and I'm at my gym and I'm lifting and I actually just got done running. I think uh, there's one rare times where I ran first and then I lifted. I think I was actually doing arms. No, I wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't doing arms. So I, th- I don't remember what I was doing, but I was I was waiting. I think I might have been uh, maybe even texting you or either Tom Brady. And I was in the gym, and it must have been Tom Brady because it was right after the Super Bowl next day. So I was in the gym, and some guy walks up to me, and he was like, what's wrong with your calves? And I was like, I didn't know what to say. I mean, I was assuming he was just going to compliment me because my calves are, I guess people say legendary. And so I was like, I don't know. And he was like, they look blown up. <laughs> and then he left and continued to, I, you know, I said something stupid. Like, I'm like, my people were mountain people. So, you know, I always say it on the podcast. So that's the reason why I have big calves. I don't have to work for them. So he walked <laughs> away. You know, he began flexing in the mirror and uh, like every five seconds. So I kind of avoided him. But then as he left, he was like, you play basketball? And I was like, I mean, yeah. And he was like, you can dunk, right? And you got to keep in mind what I look like, ladies and gentlemen. He was like, you can dunk, right? And he was like, uh, he was like, you can dunk? And I was like, no, I used to be able to, but those days are gone. I can grab rim, though. And he was like, I knew it, and just left. And I was like, man, this is the second, this is the top two calf compliment. For th- maybe it's got to be top three, at least, calf compliment for me. The number one is a D1 player saying my calves were nice. And uh so there, there's where we are with the calf story. That's top three. There's only three, so, and so I can say that they're top three. So is this another calf incident? Because we actually just recently talked about your calves, and I feel as so your calves are just becoming like, like all time. Just people just walk up to you while you're at the gym. Like people see you in public, or you're out to eat. You know, you're out with your girlfriend, or you know, with with your parents and people just walk up to you and they're just like, Hey man, um, can I sign your calves? Or like, can I just feel your calves? Cause like, you know how people do that too? Like you have big arms and like, they want you to flex and they want to like feel your biceps. And you're like, I always thought that this would be like chicks wanting to feel my biceps. Instead. It's just dudes like walking up to me at the gym, touching my calves and my, and my biceps. And why isn't it, you know, it's never like what you expected it to be. And then now you have this thing going on with your calves where you're like, you're out to eat and people are just walking up to you and they're like, can I get a picture with your calves? 
And I just, and they're just laying on, the, they're just laying on a filthy floor, just like, just taking pictures. Like they're just, what they used to call that planking. Like they're just planking next to your calves and they're just getting a picture and they get up covered in filth. And they're just like, dude, it was so worth it. Like, oh my God, your calves are just like, can we get a flex? And like, then you flex and like everybody, like the whole, the whole restaurant just got, just goes crazy. And everybody's just talking about there's Bryson, there's, there's Bryson, there's, there's the calf guy. <laughs> there's the guy with the calves. That would be, that would, that would make my life truly elite. That would be, that would, that would be <laughs> the most eliteness in my life has ever had. I always just tell people it's, it's hereditary, you know, it runs in my family. We're, we're people of big calves and our ancestors walked them, roamed the mountains and we're, we're all just built to climb mountains and stuff. I don't know. That's what I'll collect. So I never have to work my calves. So I can't really brag about it because I was just kind of born this way. It's kind of like, if, yeah, like if you're like six, five, you're like, ha, I'm better than all of you. <laughs> I'm six, five. <laughs> or if you're just, you know, earth shatteringly, just, you know, handsome, like, like myself. And I just have to tell people, you know, I, you just I was, not just, I was born this way. Not the ugly and short. <laughs> Those people would say, but they wouldn't say that to you. Just be handsome. You're a you're handsome. They wouldn't say that to you. Listen, just, could you just try being handsome, please? Just for hey, a minute. I, hey, I, I can't even have you in my presence. Oh. I'm sorry. What's that? I said, yeah. Like they would walk up to us and say, "Hey, have you ever guys ever tried being tall?" I wish I could do that, man. I'm in like that five nine, five, not even probably five eight. Sometimes I like to pretend like I can say five nine, but that's why every once in a while I have to like share those. You know, I made all stars with Anthony Sherman from 2006. Like, oh my god, I am just such a, I am just such an old old man. We are I very said, aware we... of your student career. <laughs> you have a Wikipedia Wikipedia page, but you're humble about yeah. it. We used to talk. We actually have had some pretty funny talks about that stuff, though, truthfully. So it's like, it is funny. And then times I'm like, wow, this is just sad, but still, whatever. Dude, it's funny because Belichick actually did go to one of your high school games. I even heard about it. He he was already up there. He was kind of. It's only like 50 miles away from LB school where Belichick lives. So he it was going up there one much. weekend. And he was there, and he actually talked to his pops after and just told him that yeah. he was a hell of a linebacker and he really wanted him <laughs> on the team, and ended up just not happening. And it didn't happen. LB, it didn't LB, happen. LB, LB, LB showed up in a different way of life, owning on Twitter. He took he one of those days over, over college and NFL. So he's a very humble man. Say. He won't say it, but Belichick did talk with his father very extensively after one game where LB had 12 tackles and three tackles for loss. And I believe I believe that was against the West Taunton Yellow Jackets, if I'm not mistaken. It was. They they have uh, they're no longer a professional team. They are now a high school football team. Uh, that was three of the Packers championships in the 1920s was versus the West Taunton Yellow Jackets. They have a, but they do have a proud history, of course. But yeah, after that conversation, Bill, I with my dad, I was like, you know what? I have bigger plans in life. I'm going to do a podcast with Bryson NFL and nobody's going to stop me. And it's going to be just like the coolest thing. And people will weep about it. They will weep at our presence of title talk. They are weeping. They are massively weeping. All right, LB. I think we've got we've got out. We're gonna call Alex Barth. He's gonna come in here. You'll hear that right after this. And then we've got a good friend Brian on here with at Trags with an interview right after that. I'll post the times. Of course, now you could skip ahead if you you don't want to hear Alex Barth, LB, and I, which I don't know why you wouldn't. Or if you just want to hear Brian, go ahead. And LB, I will see you on there. So stay on the phone. 
Thank you so much, sir. I'll talk to you soon. All right, brother. All right, everyone, we're here with our good friend, Alex Barth, and also OB. How is it going today, Alex Barth? It is good. How are you guys doing? Pretty good. good. I like the way you said that, Alex Barth. Yeah, we Most people just know me by my last name. I've known people for years who they find like I friends from college who knew me for three or four years and were floored when they found out my first name was Alex. <laughs> it's the way Bryce said it. How are you today, Alex Barth? Barth. It's like very, I like That's that. It. It's like a very tough name. I would go by Barth. Makes you sound kind of badass, not going to lie. I, I mean, I, I'm not and I've never it just kind of naturally happened. I guess I'm just one of those people where it makes the, the last name makes sense. <laughs> that's right well alex i think you were talking to us earlier about that mike reese video this morning where he said yeah. the patriots really like to have a quarterback from trade or free agency before free agency even starts so that way their quarterback maybe can haul in some tight ends and wide receivers or the, the players just know that they're going to have a quarterback what do you think about this yeah it's certainly interesting i, I kind of published some of my thoughts they're up now on 985thesportshub.com and it kind of rules out a rookie, right? At least for week one. If the goal is to have a quarterback by the time free agency starts, which isn't objectively a bad idea. It's a hell of a lot better than waiting until July 8th, right? Like they did last time. But it does rule out a rookie. At least as a starter, it doesn't rule out them taking a guy with a premium pick because Reese said in that same segment that he believes they were at Trevor Lawrence's pro day, not necessarily scouting Trevor Lawrence individually, but they want to get a feel for the whole class and understand how the values are relative to everybody else. And the Patriots don't always scout guys that they know they can't get. They didn't scout Andrew Luck is a comparison Reese made. But, you know, for the people who are thinking that they're going to trade up into the top five and get a guy like Zach Wilson or get a guy uh, like Justin Fields, you probably don't do that if you just spent money and or, or trade capital to go get, I'll, I'll throw out a name, Derek Carr, or it could be Mariota, it could be Wentz, it could be any of these guys. Um, but it does kind of hint that they're probably leaning veteran. And that's interesting because I think there's a lot of people around here who want to get on with it. And let's start the next era of Patriots football. And you bring in a guy who's close to 30 years old or over 30 years old, you're not necessarily doing that. You're just kind of, you know, it's a short-term approach. And they do have a little bit of their core left, but... You know, this team does, it doesn't feel like a short-term approach roster unless they really go out and get super aggressive and spend and spend and spend in free agency, which maybe they'll do. But if you trade for one of these quarterbacks, it kind of hurts your cap situation. So you might not be able to do that. So it's an interesting report. Uh, I don't think Patriots fans as a whole are going to be happy about it. It kind of flew under the roster today, I think, because of the holiday. So I haven't seen a ton of reaction, but um, it, it, I think it means get ready for a veteran quarterback and start looking outside of the quarterback position with that 15th pick. I'm actually thrilled that you brought it up because Bryson mentioned it earlier. And I said to him, so does this essentially rule out a, a Mac Jones or whatever might fall into that, that, you know, 15 range if they're going to move around or not. And look, my favorite name for guys that you said, and I'm not sure how much you guys want to talk about this, but I, I love the idea of Derek Carr probably the most. I feel like, um, you know, he has had good weapons, which I already talked about a little bit earlier, but I just think he's a good player. You know, it's hard to just win on the Raiders because the Raiders are just the Raiders. But, you know, things haven't been. He certainly takes some blame, too. Um, 
you know, if they're going to go that route, I think that's probably the best. My only question is if the answer is Marcus Mariota, is he really attracting anybody for you really? And here's what I'd add on top of that. And, and this is where I've been that whole group, right? And you can, you can throw, so, so Wentz, Carr, uh, Mariota, you can throw Trubisky in there as a name that's been thrown out. I would even throw Jimmy in this group. I really would. And Winston's in there. I think that if you get to that point, if those are the kind of guys you're looking at, right, aren't you just looking for raw upside there? Because football's a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately league. And all those guys lately have sucked. They really haven't been productive. And for the most for most of their careers, they haven't been productive, right? Wentz obviously had the one good year in 2017. He was nearly an MVP and then got hurt and it kind of fell off. Carr, I think it was 2016, was was a top five quarterback, and the Raiders went on that run before he broke his ankle. Trubisky's never been good. Mariota was good, but he's never been great. Winston's never been great, you know. So if that's the group, then I think you need to look at raw upside. And if raw upside's what you want, then you want Wentz. You might not realize it, but odds are if you bring in any guy from that group, he's going to fail. Quarterback— just like, owned. The, the Ryan Tannehill thing, because people want to go Tannehill, Tannehill, Tannehill— First off, he was playing for Adam Gase, and that's its own thing. Like, if you want to go down that road, then Darnold is the closest comp to Tannehill because you're getting him out from Adam Gase. After him, the guys don't turn around. The Tannehill thing is a total anomaly. Nine out of ten times, and that's probably being generous, the guy's just still going to suck. So if you're taking that risk and going in knowing that the floor is low regardless, you want the highest ceiling. And people don't want to hear this. Carson Wentz is the highest ceiling. He doesn't get hurt. He wins an MVP in 2017. Oh, Mar- Mar- Marcus Mariota could be good. He has the athleticism. We haven't seen him there. It's, it's all projections with him. I can tell you, if somebody says, well, why do you think Carson Wentz could win an MVP? Well, because he basically did it before. He's the only one that there's evidence on tape in the stat books that he can do it. And Patriots fans are going to revolt at that. And I'm not saying go trade for Carson Wentz. I don't think that's the answer. But if you're somebody who wants to go for... You know, there's that group of quarterbacks who were drafted in the mid-2010s who have all kind of washed out from their current situation. If that's the group you're looking at, again, Wentz, Trubisky, Mariota, Carr, Jimmy, if that's the group you're looking at, you're just talking about raw upside. That's the only positive from that group, and Wentz has the best raw upside of anybody in that group. I don't know. The last the last former MVP didn't work out too well here, Mr. Barr. <laughs> <laughs> but I okay that that's that's a little different because Wentz isn't in his late 30s. He's not he had one injury. He doesn't have the same history of injuries and again it's not like it's not we're not talking about it's a different group of people, right? I'm it's on your side group. here. I'm on your side. <laughs> okay. No, it's a good point. It's a, it's a fair point. But there's a difference, you know, not that three years ago is, is that recent, but five years in the NFL is an eternity. It really is. So, no, that's fair. People say, oh, well, he was, and I've used this argument against people who say Cam was an MVP. Okay. So was Joe Montana. Go get his 50-year-old ass, 60-year-old ass. Uh, him. <laughs> if, that's the, if that's what we're using as a benchmark, he won MVP. Go get Norm Van Brocklin. Let's have him play quarterback at have whatever he's 90 years old. Actually, I think Norm Van Brocklin's dead, but you get my point. Could you just please, like, tell us that the cam era is over so I can stop thinking about it? I can't tell you it's over. I can't tell you it's not over. Oh, my over, gosh. But I, I can't tell you it's over. <laughs> this is that, bad. The, the, when, this and, is and, bad. And you know what I'm worried about is that 
Because remember, it was over for a minute there. There was the report in air quotes before the Week 17 game against the Jets that they were parting ways. And then Belichick gets asked about it after the game and gets real nasty about it and said it was a mischaracterization. And it probably was. But did that mischaracterization piss Belichick off to the point where he's going to bring Cam back out of spite? <laughs> and I mean, that, that's a joke. Right. I, can't, I, I can't tell you the Cam Newton era is over. I can't tell you that with any certainty. I, I'm, not telling, I'm not saying that he's coming back, but I don't know for sure that he's he's not coming back. Patriots fans think they they think that AJ Brown's better than Harry, but we'll show them. Yeah, does anybody think he's better? Is that actually a take people have? I understand so wanting the, one more. The than Patriots another. thought he was better. I think Jack Easterby and Belichick preyed on it, and they came to the realization that Harry's better than Brown. And boy, was that yeah, a, this is a, a good thing. This is a good thing. So I'll, t- I'll tell you this when it comes to that in that whole class. A.J. Brown is a more prototype for what they want to do, for what they traditionally look at their receivers to do. When That's- they drafted Nikhil Harry at the time, and you have to kind of throw out what we know now, but go back to that moment. When they drafted Nikhil Harry, what was interesting is they would never really had a receiver like that. He was the opposite of what they generally look for in their wide receivers. He wasn't this like pristine route runner. He was a big guy who was going to bully his way down the field, whether it's after the catch or go up and get jump balls. And that at the time was appealing to have a receiver like that. Cause you were seeing guys like, uh, um, you know, like, like a guy like all Sean Jeffrey is a guy. I thought that was his ceiling, like a guy like that. They never really had that guy. Well, they didn't Gronk, but to have it at a wide receiver, that was interesting. So, what, what what happened with Nikhil wasn't necessarily that Nikhil was a bad player. Oh, they just bad. tried to, they, well, they're asking him to do things he can't do. They try, instead of like, they draft him, right? And it's like, oh, this is cool. They're going to add a whole new element to the offense. They've never had a guy who can do this. Instead, they just took this guy who could do none of the stuff they traditionally ask receivers to do and tried to put him into the role that was already there. And it made no sense. This is a bit of an exaggeration, but uh, let me put it this. Just give me like a good, good player from the last draft. A guy who you think is objectively a talented football player. First round of the last draft. I don't know. I don't do draft. I will be the other guy. <laughs> All right. Let's, let's Robert, just, I was waiting okay. for so Chase, Young, Chase, Chase Young uh, went Justin second. Jefferson. Right? Justin, Justin Jefferson. Okay, perfect. Justin Jefferson. Sure. Objectively a good football player, right? If you ask Justin Jefferson, if you draft Justin Jefferson and put him at defensive end, is that a good pick? No. Because you're, you're playing him essentially out of position. Now, it's not that extreme, but the Patriots have essentially played Nikhil Harry out of position for the last two years. So he should be well, tied in. When they, not, not, not necessarily, but like we, we see it at times where, right, in like in the Chargers game, they throw him jump balls and he goes up and gets it. And he makes these great physical athletic catches. He can do that. But then Listen, they asked I think him he had three catches for 42 yards that day. Right, but he's he there's individual plays where they they let him do what he does and he's good at it. But then there's other plays where they ask him to run these like really, you know, complicated routes where you need pristine footwork, right? They try to turn him into Edelman and he just can't do it. So of course he's going to look bad because they're asking him to do things he doesn't know how to do. On top of that, they haven't had a real wide receivers coach. They didn't have a real wide receivers coach his rookie year. Right. Remember, it was Joe Judge, who was also the special teams coordinator. So so he didn't get coached up properly. So the whole thing's just been a mess. Like, look, is Nikhil great? No. But part of the problem with that pick wasn't the pick itself, but it's just asset management. If you're going to draft a guy for the role that they put Nikhil Harry in, A.J. Brown makes all the sense in the world. 
But drafting Nikhil Harry at the time made sense because adding that element to the offense would have been super helpful, especially with Rob Gronkowski having just retired. They just didn't do that. They just try to pigeonhole him into to the role they already had for wide receivers. Can I go to you something real real quick, Bryson? Uh, do you remember when he posted something? At, what, what was the Tom Brady quote? He said, what did he say? On Instagram? Or did he say, oh, let's keep it going? Instagram. Talking about. Let's, let's keep it going. I'll never forget that, that Harry had that post where he was just like, like, yeah, like, way to go, boys. And he had like one catch for eight yards. And he might have thrown like a, a fire block. And Brady was just like, let's keep it going. And I was just like, yeah, he's leaving. <laughs> Brady's out of here. Let's keep it going. And it was just so depressing. I'm actually on Bar's side here. Like, if, if the Patriots bring back Cam and Harry, but they're both tight ends and they have a, they have a Gronk Hernandez that season without the murders, that would um, – I'd be there for that. It's funny that he said about the position and thinks that I, I immediately started thanking Harry about about the take that somebody had um, over the summer where somebody said that Harry's blocking opens up the passing game. And that was probably the best defense of Harry I've ever seen where like they just said that his blocking opens up the passing game. And I started thinking to myself, like, who needs Tyree kill when you have wide receivers that can block up a storm? You're not wrong. Yeah, I mean, the Patriots do have, they, they do value strong blocking wide receivers. Julian Edelman's <laughs> been the best blocking wide receiver in the league for years. Maybe and that, they that's value not it too nothing. much. <laughs> no, but that's not nothing. Go back and watch the, the James White run in the Super Bowl. I mean, Edelman's the one who makes that happen. It's not nothing. But at the same time, you know, you can get a good, if, if the role you wanted was, was that more, you know, precise route running wide receiver, AJ Brown's not a bad blocker. Right. You could have taken him and, 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 and still had that again with Harry. To me, it just all comes down to the role. They're just asking him to do things he can't do. They're not necessarily teaching him how to do the things they want him to do. It's just the whole thing's weird. It's just it's, it's really weird. Like Patriots fans love to say, oh, this was like it's one thing to recognize a guy was a bust of a pick. That's easy. Anybody can do that. If you recognize what like and everybody, oh, don't take a wide receiver in the first round again, ever again after Harry. But like. It's different. People compare him to Chad Jackson. Two completely different situations. Obviously, neither worked out. Chad Jackson had a bum knee. He had a bum knee since high school. So he was not the same situation as Harry. It, it's figuring out kind of why these picks are busts is it, it, the key to it. Because they're all different. It's not like they're missing on wide receivers in the draft because they keep making the same mistake over and over again. I don't know which one is worse. I don't know if it's worse that they keep making the same mistake every time or that they somehow make a different mistake on every single guy. But they're doing the second point. one right now. That's a good point. I'll leave. I honestly don't know. I'll leave it up to you. I don't know. I, I guess making the same mistake every time is worse because you're not learning anything. But <laughs> that's kind of where I'm at with them. Like, I wouldn't be upset if they draft a wide receiver in the first round, but make it the right guy. Don't go, you know, don't go draft Kadarius Tony and then use him as a red zone jump ball threat. Because that's, that's like, I mean, it's the opposite, but that's essentially what's going on with Harry right now. Right? I'm, don't go I'm draft Devontae something. Smith and only use him as, as like, you know, to run power outs that doesn't do anything. I'm going to say something real quickly and I'll go to Bryson real quick. But I remember I used to actually joke around in our chat. I used to always say, so this is a draft going into 2018 draft. I'd always say, um, or 2019, I'm sorry. You know, this, this draft is loaded with wide receivers. It's so loaded that the Patriots will take like the one bust or the one guy that doesn't work out. And I can even get, get over the DK Metcalf thing because he had some weird red flags there. Um, you know, he, he didn't play much as his last year at Ole Miss. He had a back injury. Um, 
you know, he, he ran some drills awfully slow. He ran the three cone slower than Brady, as a matter of fact. So I could almost understand that when a lot of teams passed on, on, on him, but in the process of us all clowning on our boy, Sammy for loving DK so much, which he was right about, I started like mockingly looking up AJ Brown and I fell in love with them. Everything that I read, just, it just screamed Patriot, you know, everything that he does, how you can use him all over the field, how he's supposed to be really intelligent. And then it turns out, you know, he's a Patriots fan on top of it all. And then, Oh, man, it, it was just that one just hurts. The A.J. Brown one absolutely hurts. I'll tell you this. The one that, that really hurts for me in that draft, and, and Brown's up there. I'd have him second. I think Terry McLaurin was the big miss. And he's not quite the player Brown is, but when you look at the fact, that, I mean, just just the, the boxes were there. He was a multi-year starter. He was a captain. He played special teams regularly. He came from a program with a strong coaching history. They could have gotten him later, right? You could have used that first-round pick elsewhere and gotten Terry McLaurin on, you know, on day two. The A.J. Brown one certainly kills me, but the Terry McLaurin one, it's like, it was right there. That one was right there for them. So I, I agree with you on Brown, but I kind of, how you think of Brown, I've kind of always been with McLair, uh, uh, Terry McLaurin on that, in that draft. I know Bryson loves McLaurin. Didn't you see him play in person? Yeah, I love McLaurin. Watching McLaurin make Gilmore fall down in the Redskins game made me affirmed. I really liked him. I, I really wanted A.J. Brown or Terry McLaurin. I think Harry was like one of my least favorite wide receivers, and then I got t- I talked myself into him because I'm an idiot. <laughs> but I'm still, I would still be for, here for the Patriots double-dipping a wide receiver because apparently this draft is supposed to be really good. And this is a good draft to double-dip because you're going to get a lot of guys, whether it's Jalen Darden from North Texas or Des Fitzpatrick from Louisville, there's going to be guys on day three who can make immediate impacts. They're not necessarily well-rounded and they're not guys you're going to play more than on, on more than like 40% of snaps, but situational guys, guys you can use, you know, in the screen game, guys you can use in the red zone, guys you can use on third and long. There's going to be good situational wide receivers there on day three that you can take. And those are the guys Patriots have had success with, right? I think Des Fitzpatrick, who had a very strong senior bowl, is kind of just a faster version of uh, of Jacoby Myers. He might, reminds me a little bit of Jacoby Myers. Uh, I think Jalen Darden is a guy who could succeed as a rookie in a limited role with the Patriots. So this is this is a great double dip draft. What that means is they're just going to skip the first half of the double dip and only take a wide receiver on day three. Yeah, they're going to take a second round corner. Like Joe Juan. We love to see that. No more corners, please. Please, no well, more the, secondary. So I will say the interesting thing that, you know, when I look at this draft and how it could play out is, so I you got to go back to last offseason, right? And the Stefan Diggs trade. And I love that trade. I love that trade because both yes. teams got better. The Bills got a guy right away who they needed, who could make them a better team. And the Vikings essentially just reset themselves at the position. They lost some ability, but it's the dollar amount went way down and they picked up years on the deal, right? So I look at where the Patriots are with Stephon Gilmore, and he needs a new contract. Whether it's from the Patriots or another team, he needs a new contract. And I wonder if you can flip Gilmore for a first-round pick and then draft a corner in the first round and kind of duplicate what the Vikings did, trading digs and picking up Jefferson, but at the cornerback position, right? Let's say, and I don't think this is a lock, but let's say the Cowboys get um, get Dak back. That's a team that's going to want to compete right away. Is there a package highlighted by Stephon Gilmore where you can get that 10th pick without giving up 15, but you can get that 10th pick 
and take a guy like J.C. Horn, who's a very similar prototype to Gilmore at the 10th pick, and he becomes your Justin Jefferson in this situation. Like, I keep looking at that possibility, and I really like that possibility for them if the pieces all fall into place. I absolutely love the fact that you just brought up the Stephon Diggs trade. We were just talking about that a little while ago. And great just trade. Such a great trade for both teams, man. And the Bills got instantly better, and that's what the Patriots need to do, man. And I try to that's ask one thing, myself— like, can the Patriots do that at corner is kind of what I'm looking at. It's a good question. It's a good question. I, I mean, and I start to sometimes wonder myself, like, which – are there any Brandon Cooks type, type guys out there in their la- – you know, going into their last year, their deal, and I'm talking about when he got traded to New England um, or even when he got traded from New England even. But um, are there any guys out there like that that the Patriots could be looking at at wide receiver where they could – maybe trade for a guy so that we know some guys say they don't want to be here or some people don't want to, you know, there's a lot of talk about that. Well, if you trade for a guy that doesn't have a no trade clause, which most NFL players don't, who's a guy out there. You think that they can get a wide receiver like that? Because it seems hard to find that. It seems so hard not, to find a digs guy. Right. It's not a bad. So again, I think in that situation, the Patriots need to be on the other end. They need to be like the Vikings. They need to be the team shedding salary, picking up years and getting younger. So, but if, if, I mean, if you want to go down that road, a wide receiver, if we, where they're on the Bills side of it and they pick up the talent and, and pay the contract where I'd be careful with that this year is there's going to be such a unique year with the cap, right? Because of COVID and the caps coming down and you're going to have, I think it's like 23 teams are projected to enter training camp over the salary cap, which is a big deal. So you're going to, a, a lot of those guys who are on the last year, their deals, there's very little, if any guaranteed money, there's very little dead cap. So what you'll see is a lot of those guys, if you just wait it out, are going to end up getting cut. And granted, you don't get them for training camp, but you can still get them and not have to give up any assets. So if I'm the Patriots, I'm really wary, unless there's a guy I know I need to trade for to get that I want. I'm really wary of trading for any of those guys in the last year of their deal. Because a lot of the, the, the free, the, the cut downs this year, both before free agency and after training camp, it's going to be like nothing we've ever seen before. Good quality football players who can still contribute, who are still relatively young, are going to get cut. And I, I'll take my chances and see who breaks free instead of giving up quality assets uh, to get a guy like that. BC, I guess my question is there. Do these players want to come to New England anymore? And do you kind of have to trade for them so that way they don't have say in it? Do you know what I'm saying here? So Yeah, so I don't. I don't like, are you the destination? Are the Patriots the destination they were when Tom Brady was here? No, but money talks. And the flip side of all those teams being over the cap is the Patriots are going to be one of the few teams that actually has money to spend. And they are going to be able to overpay some, right? In the past, they would they would offer less than other teams with the, ca- with the carrot of you get to come play with Tom Brady. Now it's the other side. They can probably overpay for some guys and, and justify it and get away with it because they have so much money to spend. So now they're on the other end of it. Instead of getting the guys who are chasing a ring, now you're looking at the guys who are chasing cash. I, I I still think the Patriots are a destination. It's just it's a different context. I've actually got someone OB that is willing to sign with the Patriots, if you're ready to hear this. I'm always ready. I was born ready. I wake up angry. All right, what do we think, Barth? We get a reunion of my favorite player, who's going to be cut by the Raiders, Trent Brown. We move win inside, and the Patriots once again have the best offensive line in the league, and we get to look at Trent Brown every Sunday. Who says no, and why would they ever say no? 
So I, I don't, I, I've heard people throw out a, a Trent Brown reunion. Um, I don't think that's a bad idea. I am for it. I don't know that the Patriots go for it just because Let's they go. love dra- drafting tackles and they're in a spot to do that. You can't kick a win inside. I, I think you, at that point you trade him or you figure out something. Uh, you, he, he's too small. Why can't you? He's too small. He's not going to be able to play inside. And you need, especially in the Patriots offense, I mean, you need Michael on when you guys. It's easier to move inside to out in the Patriots offense than outside to in. So, so should they just take Unwinu and move him inside and keep win at tackle and then have Trent Brown also? Well, I mean, at that point, you're probably looking at Trent Brown. You, you, at that point, I would look at moving win to right tackle as an insurance policy for Marcus Cannon. Because they still need, they don't, I mean, I, I, like, um, I like Justin Heron, I do. But I still think his ceiling. I like him in a role, and I think his ceiling right now is a solid third tackle. That you know, I think I think he turns into Le Adrian Waddle, and that's not a bad thing at all. Having a Le Adrian Waddle on your team is certainly valuable, and the Patriots missed him dearly in 2019. But I don't know that he's the next right tackle, right? If you bring in Trent Brown, then you can suddenly like when moving to right tackle actually makes more sense than moving inside. I think so. I just don't know. I think they're in a perfect situation. I like. Would I do this if I were them? No. What do I think they do in the draft? I think that 15th pick is going to be a tackle. I think he's, they're, they're content with that guy sitting for a year and learning. And then they decline the fifth-year option on Isaiah Wynn, and that guy becomes the left tackle next year. I think they use the Horrible. 15th overall pick to put out a two-year plan to replace the left tackle. There's no replacing Isaiah Wynn. Extend him now. What's the max? <laughs> I mean, the guy can't stay on the field, and that's that's got to concern them. And he's having some trouble within the scheme. Again, he's not – they want a Trent Brown. They want a guy who's just going to go out there and bully people and wins way more finesse, and they're they're just having trouble kind of marrying those two styles, especially when the rest of their line is just maulers. So, so here's his chance. Trent Brown broke up with him. Get him back. Let's do it. I'd trade win for Trent Brown back. I mean, if you could somehow do that straight up, I'm, I'm trying to think of what, like, the cap implications would be because that contract's massive, right, in, in Vegas. But, like, it's not, you know, I would do that trade in Madden. Like, it's not a horrible idea. The, the details would kind of be tough. I'm not sure how the details would work out. But, yeah, I, I think Wynn's going to be a, a one-and-done guy in New England in terms of the contract. I just, they don't seem totally sold on him. And if they take a left tackle in the first round, I mean, and... I think actually we'll know about the first year option before that. Trying to remember what the date is for for them. That's coming this spring, but um, they're in a spot where they can upgrade a left tackle in the draft, and I think they're going to take advantage of that. They're generally when they're in that spot, they do it. We might see something like what we saw January sixth uh, take place at Gillette Stadium if they draft an offensive tackle in the first round. And I'm not saying you're wrong at all. I'm not saying you're wrong at all, but. I don't know if our Patriots fans ready for an offensive tackle in the first round. <laughs> well, so and, here's, here's the theory. Like if you can get a second first round pick, the, the thing is objectively, regardless of what the team needs, just any team, if you're any of the 32 NFL teams, it's a good year to need a tackle. And there's a lot of good first round tackle talent. If the Patriots can pick up a second first round pick, they probably should use it as a, on a tackle. But yeah, like you're saying, I mean, if that's what you come away with on day one and that's it, that's tough. Like if you get, you know, Mac Jones in a tackle, or if you get Jalen Waddle in a tackle, I think you did pretty well. But they're like, if that's the plan, you need to go out and get a second first round pick to do that. And maybe that's trading Gilmore. Maybe that's trading Win. 
Maybe that's trading up, trading future picks, whatever it is. I'm here for a tackle. I'd be, I'd stand him just like anyone else. I mean, he's going to be taking Wynn's job, but that's all right. I'm actually for just keeping and winning at tackle, Alex, because he's just proven to be good at right tackle in a rookie COVID year with like no off season. And I don't think you should change anything about that. I think guards are easier, easier to find and keep him at right tackle. And then you find Wynn's replacement. Like you just said, what do you think? So I, I would, I, I guess I'll answer that with a question. If you think Onwenu was good at guard or was good at tackle, and that's not his natural position, like how much better do you think he is at his natural position, right? And like he's yes, he's good at tackle, but are you max is that are you maximizing your asset? Are you maximizing the potential of that unit if you leave him at tackle? He's going to be better at guard. He is. He's better at guard. He's going to be better at guard. He's going to progress better at guard. So if like I think having him play tackle, you know, something happens with Marcus Cannon and you need to move him out there. Having him do that in a pinch is certainly not a bad thing. But I think long term, you want to try to lock him in at one of the guard spots because it's just he's just going to be a better player. You're going to get the most out of him if you do that. I don't know. I see your point. I think he could be a great guard, but I just think tackles are more valuable. And I'd rather just stick him out there and keep him there, especially because I think he's just going to keep getting better. He's a better Marcus Cannon than me. I think he's going to have a much better career. And just I don't know. I think you could be right too. They, I'd be fine if they just drafted another tackle and moved him inside, or if they thought Cannon was good and moved him inside, that'd be all right too. But I feel like I mean I I I'd say again too, like what we were talking about with the wide receivers, right? And how we don't tr- trust them to draft a wide receiver. Don't you just assume any lineman the Patriots draft is going to be like a monumental hit? Like I trust them to find a tackle. I'm not yes. worried about that at all. They can go take like. I'm wondering, remember Dustin Woodard? Anybody remember that guy? They took him in the seventh round. He retired on like day one of training camp. The kid from Memphis. I think I do remember that. Right. That happened. They drafted him in the seventh round. He was going to make the team and he retired on the first day of training camp. He He was considered undersized, but he won like every award in college, I think. Like he, you know, he was like an all American guy. He was supposed to be really good. Do we have any doubt if that guy stuck around, we'd be talking about him as like a potential all pro one day. Like they're just going to hit on linemen. It's what they do. So I'm not worth like keeping on when to a tackle just because you're afraid to, to to draft a tackle. I think you're you're kind of shying away from your strengths at that point. Trust yourself to find a tackle, put on when where he's comfortable and where he can play the best. I think that's, you know, put putting strength on strength. I think that's iron sharpens iron. I would just stick with that. I don't think they need to get cute with the offensive line because they can figure it out. It's a good point. It's a good point. I'd be all for them drafting a right tackle. I'd be good with that. So what do you think about, sounds like Patriots talks to the Eagles about Zach Ertz. I'm guessing you wouldn't like this. No, I love this. I love the possibility of a Zach Ertz trade. I've been big on that. I wouldn't be opposed to like, I've thrown this out a couple of times, like Gilmore for Ertz and like a day two pick. Cause they're kind of in the same spot. Gilmore and Ertz are, they just play different positions. Eagles could use a corner Patriots. We all know need a tight end. Ertz can play. I, I think Ertz can still play. And more importantly, I think he's a great fit for what the Patriots want to do. There's not going to be much of a learning curve. I think he can come in on day one and be effective. They need a premier tight end in this offense. I, I just don't, you know, Hunter Henry seems like a stretch and he also has trouble staying on the field. I think Jonu Smith is a nice piece, but I don't think he's a true number one tight end. I, you know, if the cost is right, I'd go out and get Ertz. I, I'm, I'd be all for that. You were talking Dude, about... Who's a wide receiver? Everything you just said. Sorry to interrupt. I agree with everything no, you just fine. said. Keep going. You're you're doing great, man. 
Well, because you, I, I forget which one of you would. I, I think it was Bryson said the thing about you know who's the Stephon Diggs, who's the wide receiver at the end of his deal where the Patriots can capitalize. That's hurts to me. I know he's not truly a wide receiver, but if you want to go out and get a pass catcher on the last year of his deal and try to duplicate what the Bills did, uh, I think that could be hurts. I really do. So we're gonna get Wentz in. I like this take. I like this take. I mean, all the all the reports are they're out on Wentz. I don't think that's going to happen. But I mean, I guess all the reports are they're out on on Ertz too. But um, I wouldn't hate, you know, if, if they end up with those two guys, whether it's together or separate, they could certainly do worse. You know, in terms of raw talent, raw upside, those guys have it. So um, I, I I I wouldn't go Wentz. I'd like to see them, you know, go go use a premium pick on a quarterback. You know, go get Mac Jones and then just have like Ryan Fitzpatrick be the bridge, right? Um, but Ertz is a guy I totally think is it just checks a number of boxes in terms of what they need. He's got the NFL experience. He's a scheme fit. Uh, the, the contract makes sense. He's available. All these Patriots fans want guys who aren't really available. They're twisting themselves into pretzels, right? Aaron Rodgers, get out of here with that. Uh, yep. <laughs> Ertz, Ertz is a, Ertz is a guy I, I it, you know, if I'm, if I'm in that building, Ertz is a guy that I'm I'm taking a long look at and trying to figure out a way to get him here. And I want to ask you something real quickly, and then I'll let Bryson get back to it. Um, here's a guy that everybody's familiar with, Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm not going to sit here and tell you he's a great player. I know that Bryson said earlier it sounds like San Francisco is going to stick with him. Um, but in my opinion, if he's a guy that became available, I really wouldn't mind it at all, especially if you still plan on drafting a quarterback. I know some people hate that, but I do feel like the Patriots need somebody in that quarterback room, some stability. Again, I wouldn't hate the idea of Jimmy G. Um, all advanced metrics actually are like super high on Jimmy Garoppolo, stunningly. His, I think his av- average depth of target is is fairly low, but everything else is like really good advanced metrics-wise. I know Patriots fans don't love him. I know he has injuries, but I almost feel like if you went that route, went Jimmy Garoppolo, um, drafted a quarterback, wouldn't it almost be like a good fit in the sense of you know that Jimmy can't really be relied on for 16 games. You have a young quarterback in the background. He can get some experience as well. Just what are your thoughts overall on Jimmy Garoppolo? Because personally, I don't hate it for the culture aspects. He knows what to do here and things like that. So first off, um, Never, never use stability and Jimmy Garoppolo in the same sentence again. You just don't need to do that ever again. Um, I just, I can't get behind it because he's going to give you four or five games. That's it. He's only played 16 games once in his entire career. Even in 2016, the Patriots needed him for four games and he gave him one and a half. Right. You're absolutely right. He immediately got hurt and he disappointed all Patriots fans. You're absolutely right about that. And then on, on top of that, we know Bill loves him. I don't like, I would I use him as a bridge guy? Sure. Although I don't, you, you talked about the rookie getting in because he gets hurt. I don't want the rookie <laughs> to go in too early, right? I want to make sure that I'm the rookie's going in when I want him to go in. And it's not necessarily up to, up to you uh, if Garoppolo is your quarterback. On top of that, like, yes, we can sit here and talk about he'd be a good bridge guy. That's all well and good. If Bill wouldn't bench Cam last year, is he going to bench Garoppolo when the time comes? Like, I don't think they'd view Garoppolo in the same conversation we talk about guys like Ryan Fitzpatrick or guys like Tyrod Taylor, right? I'll is, tell you what. They're, they're going to start screw, a week. Screw out. Jimmy G. Tell, tell us right now, in your opinion, why did Bill stick with Cam all year long the way he did? I can't tell you. I have no idea. And it's concerning. That, to me, is the biggest issue about Cam coming back. If they somehow landed Trey Lance, I think Cam's the perfect teacher for him. I think he makes a ton of sense as a bridge guy. And I, that's actually fine. If he comes back, 
under the context of he's going to train Trey Lance and hand the keys off to him in eight weeks, that makes a ton of sense. But I can't support that because I have nothing, no reason to believe that Bill would bench Cam Newton when the time came. And then you're just wasting a pick on Trey Lance. So I can't tell you, and it's certainly concerning, and I'll tell you this. I think if Garoppolo ends up here, we're going to have, short of him getting hurt, we're going to have the exact same conversation where Garoppolo is going to prove to be what he is, an average at best quarterback, and the team's going to struggle, and we're going to be at wondering, why isn't he benched? Why isn't he benched? And we're not going to get an answer, and it's not going to happen. And you're going to have some, some, you know, whether it's Jones, whether it's Lance, you're going to have somebody sitting on the bench for no reason. So I, I, I think there is a path to Garoppolo making sense in New England, but I don't think it's one Belichick would seriously entertain. I think you're spitting right now, Alex Barth. I think I disagreed with Appreciate everything it. you said right there, preaching to the choir. I know you got to go, buddy, but we really appreciate you coming on here and talking with us, spitting some knowledge. Yeah, this was a ton of fun. Alex is great. Alex, you were awesome, man. That was fun. Anytime you guys want to have me on, it's a ton of fun. Just let me know. All right, buddy. And what's your ad on Twitter again? Yeah, at Real Alex Barth, and you can uh, check out all my work on 985thesportshub.com. All right, sounds good, buddy. Thanks for coming on. No problem.